Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highest Podcast with Diana and Morgan. I'm Diana. Hello, I'm Morgan. So, just getting started today on Friday the 13th with all the creepy things that's out in the world, but <laughs> we're I trying to stay positive. The 13th. Maybe yeah. we should go back to bed and forget about this podcast. I know, right? It's like, I'm, I'm not leaving the house. I, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. But people should leave well, the house later this month for um, the upcoming CWA event. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Morgan? Oh, my gosh. So on Thursday, October 26th, from 6.30 to 9 p.m., a whole bunch of us ladies will be gathering at the Budtender and Terpene event hosted by our gracious sponsor, Halo Cannabis Extracts, who I understand you interviewed last week. How did mm-hmm. that go? I think it went really well, and we learned a lot. Uh, yeah, terpene are all the rage, which is why we are offering $10 tickets for butt tenders because we want all of these frontline warriors to come in, understand the even more in-depth beauty of this plant. The terpenes are the smells because it does different things to your body when you smoke it or ingest it. And so we're going to learn what these terpenes are. We're going to be able to educate people so that when they leave, they'll have an understanding of what this plant can actually do for you. It's not just about getting high. It can be healing. It can be a sedative. It could be an uplifting. It all just depends on your body. So we'll also be doing a live extract. So Laurel with Halo will be running cannabis through these huge machines. It's going to be a little bit noisy. But based on the attendance from the last one, we had over 60 women at the meet and greet, probably more like 70. So we're going to fill the house on Thursday the 26th. So I really can't wait. It's going to be a good time. Awesome. That sounds exciting. Yeah. So let's start with the news. All right. Well, in case you didn't know, there are a bunch of fires going on in California right now. And this article is from The Cannabis, and it reads something like this. California cannabis growers reeling from the most financially trying stressful year ever. Time of year, everyone's harvesting, and now the annual paycheck that they've been working for all year has been burnt to a crisp or will soon dry out because of no water. So I feel for these people. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I mean, I was a cannabis grower, and when we were growing, it's like you put everything you have into these plants, and to see them just be wiped out from fire, that must be just devastating on so many levels. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a recovery fund, I believe, that's available. I'm sure there's more than one, but there's a couple ways that people can try to get back to these farmers. I know. 
Right. And and I think, too, I heard that a lot of the wineries have been devastated as well. And they said that they because of the fires, the wine will probably take on a smoky flavor. So I'm wondering, too, now, will the cannabis be smokier than smoked? Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. My thoughts are going out to everybody there. And I really hope everybody can stay as safe as possible. And... Uh, I don't know what else to say because after being through a natural disaster recently, it's like there's really nothing you can say to people that are going through it, you know, it's just try to be there right. and be supportive as much as you can. What What did you go through in Florida? <laughs> uh, you were affected by all those storms? Irma, yeah. I, I didn't have power for a week, so I only got a glimpse of what they're going through in Puerto Rico right now, and I can't even imagine because it may sound melodramatic but that week felt like three months you know it was awful we had no that is just so sad we had nothing like no banking like the banks were closed no food it was just bad but nothing compared to what they're going through in puerto rico and that's just shameful and anything Mm -hmm. that anybody can do to support them should do it so absolutely Next up, Maryland is having issues again <laughs> with um, a case that could disrupt the Maryland medical marijuana industry is possibly going to trial. So to give a little background about it, um, the state law in Maryland requires that the commission, the Cannabis Commission, seeks racial diversity among their uh, license winners. But while a third of the state's population is African-American, none of the winning firms are led by African-Americans. And the Baltimore Sun reports that Circuit Judge Barry Williams said a trial should determine whether state regulators acted outside the law when they chose which companies won lucrative licenses to grow the drug. should say the plant. (laughs) Anyway. Exactly. um, The Legislative Black Caucus has pledged to expand the industry to include Black-led companies. Its leaders threatened to use the caucus's considerable power to tie up business in the General Assembly next year if lawmakers do not swiftly pass a fix. And this is really important. I mean, it's important everywhere, but Maryland is uh, kind of poised to make a big change in this industry, and then there's a lot of people fighting for it to be done the correct way. And so hopefully this gets worked out and they do as they promised in the beginning. Yes. Yes. And, you know, it just goes to prove the point, right? Racism is still alive and kicking in our country. It is unbelievable. The shameful, how, how we have displaced even more people is just, it's criminal. It really is. And I hope, I hope that they fix it. I hope, I hope they get to keep it. Why, you know, I I hope that they actually figure this stuff out and do what's fair and right and just. Right. I mean, like people think the wire is an exaggeration, but it's not. I can tell you from living here, you know, I've lived in Maryland for 18 years and I'm right. I'm in Maryland right now because I'm playing Carmen San Diego at the moment, but <laughs> um, I really could see this. This could be, you know, a very big deal. And I'm hoping that it goes the right way because I know that a lot of people have been fighting on the front lines to get this corrected. So let's mm-hmm. hope that goes well. Next. Right on. Well, over here in Kentucky, 
The governor says that he'll never legalize marijuana because of the overdoses. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a collective laugh, please? Yeah, seriously. Uh, just to let you know, no one has died from a marijuana overdose. You don't say. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky <laughs> Governor <laughs> Matt Bevin, who knows, he's a Republican, yeah. appeared on a local radio show this week and called legalized marijuana, quote, a sucker's bet and something that will never happen so long as he's in office. Why? It's because he's concerned about the overdoses, mm. the overdoses. So, <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> they have those edibles Where and things. Where to begin? Yeah. Even the Centers for Disease Control says there have been zero reported deaths. Is this alt news? I mean, he's saying what he's really saying is that people have been going to the hospitals more because more people are trying cannabis for the first time and they're having panic attacks. Yeah. I think we've all been there. Mm -hmm. Maybe we just had a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Your heart starts racing. You start sweating a little bit and you think you're going to die. Yeah. You're not going to, you may think you're going to die, but you're not really going to die. Right. And unlike other actual drugs, you can come down from that feeling very easily. <laughs> so at least That's in my right. opinion, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's unbelievable. Well, they think it's mostly because people have been trying it more in those states. But on, obviously, the opioid and fentanyl crisis that is killing people it's been found to affect, you know, uh, cannabis is helping people in those states. So he's wrong. He's got it all wrong. And uh, I don't I don't know how we're going to fix that other than to make your voices heard. Yes. Yes. So Snoop Dogg's venture capital is leading an investment in cannabis tech company, which sounds pretty mm. cool. Um, according to... Wait a minute. <laughs> According to Business Insider, Snoop Dogg is um, his fund, Casa Verde, led a $2 million seed round in Trellis, a cannabis inventory management firm. Trellis developed software to help dispensaries and other plant touching businesses comply with regulatory requirements, including seed to sale tracking. And so that sounds pretty exciting and good for Snoop, I think. I mean, he's making a lot of good moves in this industry. And this sounds like it could be something that could be beneficial to everyone. Well, and so far they're in Canada and California, and they're thinking that they will be expanding into other states. I know here in Washington State, we've been, since the beginning of time, running on Biotrack THC, to get all of our, our seed to sale information directly to the state, you know, they all have, they have to know everything. Mm -hmm. And so you need to have all that. So all of that is changing here in Washington state next week or November 1st is the first day of the new system called LEAF. Mm -hmm. And that means for three days, they're shutting everything down and it's going to go crazy. I, I don't know if Charles could have or would have helped us, but I always thought that Snoop Dogg would have been into some kind of branding or merchandise or events even. Uh, I attended a Snoop Dogg party thrown by Grasshopper Hub back in December and that was so much fun. And there was a lot of weed there. Oh man, I'm so amazing. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think he's getting into this because he thinks that it's a good idea for people to know what they're buying. And, and that's totally true. There should be transparency. And we have mm -hmm. to be responsible as much as possible. And especially right now. 
That's right. That's right. Um, I did see one other news story that I don't know that you saw it or not, but can I just throw it out there? Sure. It's, it's cracking. It's cracking me up. Okay. There was in a Business Insider an article about McDonald's is crushing Taco Bell and Burger King in states that have legalized marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about cannabis not killing anyone, right? I'm wondering if we could trace this back to the heart disease mm-hmm. because you got more munchies. You know, is is that is that true? Are we are stoners just known for fast food, junk food, or fat food? But so many of us seem to be, you know, not too obese, even no, though obesity is. Yeah, I think a lot of people just want to make that assumption. It's a stereotype, you know. I think there's mm-hmm. because for me, I don't even have an appetite until I, you know, consume cannabis because I have Crohn's disease and I have lots of nausea. So it doesn't give me the munchies. It just gives me the ability to eat, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think it's all in what your, what your lifestyle is, you know, but people are so quick to just put everyone in this category as like, Oh, fast food, you know, (laughs) Yep. Yep. But it's interesting. McDonald's is overwhelmingly the favor in Washington, DC, in Sacramento, LA, uh, Las Vegas, Portland, in Denver, McDonald's is the king of donor food. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is what you like to eat, you know? No judgment mm-hmm. from me. <laughs> That's all right. I'll, nothing like a little cheeseburger Big Mac. Right? Yeah. I could kill mm-hmm. a Big Mac right now. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> and I'm not even stoned. <laughs> okay. Oh, that sounds good right now, though. I know. All right, so on to Blunt Talk. So there's been a lot of news coverage lately um, in regards to sexual assault and harassment thanks to Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) And uh, the person we have in the office, you know, um, there's just, it's just everywhere. And I mean, it's always been everywhere, but I know it's it's been prevalent in the cannabis industry. I personally haven't had any experiences in the cannabis industry per se yet. <laughs> but <have you laughs> I have I've had, you know, a little too close of touching, a little, you know, a little bit of, you know, inappropriateness, you know, uh, you know, at a party or something like that. And I've had my fill of mansplaining. Mm-hmm. If another man tries to tell me how to do my job or how to grow my plants <laughs> mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. but I, I understand that there is a ton of sexual inappropriateness when it comes to the female bud trimmers. Yes. There are women who are out there who are, you know, oftentimes away from other people who are subject to this. And it's I mean, a lot of times they're immigrant women, or maybe they're women who don't feel like they could speak up or out about it. Right. So yeah, it does exist in the cannabis industry, but we're going to put a light on it. Just like we have to put a light on it in every industry. Mm-hmm. The media is getting a whole bunch of attention because of uh, Weinstein, you know, but it happens all the time. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe they're starting to figure it out maybe had we had a female in the white house things would be different maybe if we didn't have such a misogynistic pig Mm -hmm. saying it's okay to grope women uh i think it's just going to be brought more and more into the light and until we have equal footing we have work to do i remember an early episode of weedicate uh that vice channel um i don't know if you've ever Mm -hmm. seen that show but they did an episode i think it was the first season where they talked about 
women growers and fudge trimmers and and this one woman she blurred her face so I don't really know you know her name but she was talking about how she has been offered to get paid more just to like trim topless you know um mm-hmm. they've been offered you know sexual like they get more bud if they you know Ugh, offer sexual favor um I I remember one of my very first times, you know, one of my first job was at a sub shop. And technically it was in the cannabis industry because they did have a pot plant in the gro- in the area where they made the <laughs> pizza and the subs, but uh the boss he gave me money for my birthday. It's like a birthday bonus in the walk-in freezer. And he was a married man, much older with kids and everything, and he oh. was putting his arm around me, wanted to give me a kiss, not just like a kiss on the cheek, you know, like full on make out trying to, and I'm 14 mm, years mm. old, you know? <gasps> so I'm like, what Uh-oh. the hell? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't feel comfortable telling anybody about it back then because I just figured, you know, I would hear the same thing that many women hear. Oh, well, you probably asked for it in some kind of a way, or, you know, maybe you yep. flirted with them too much or whatever. Just being mm-hmm. nice to people seems to be like, an excuse absolutely they do a lot a lot of times those predator men actually think it's a sign that you want them Mm -hmm. and they somehow twist it in their head to make it seem like that's okay yeah yeah and it's not okay and we just have to keep calling out and we have to keep supporting other women when they tell their stories and not say oh why didn't you come out sooner and why didn't you say anything about it during this time it doesn't matter If someone has a story, you have to support that story and support them in any way you can. Absolutely. And so we have a a couple of ideas here from Forbes magazine. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Forbes has it right all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to make sure that you document everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to, uh, especially any kind of treatment that you receive that's different, document the comments that are said. Take, take, keep those notes in a safe place and just keep gathering evidence. Sometimes, you know, you can get those little spy cameras now for nothing. You can just set it up. Mm-hmm. You know, they can, on your phone, turn on your phone. You can record all kinds of things. And right, whatever you do, you got to tell somebody. Because if you don't tell somebody, a friend or a colleague, a parent or a sibling, let them know and then file a complaint if it's with your employer or a person. And then and it gets really bad. you got to get the hell out. You know, I know that it's easier said than done because so many of us are providing for our families Mm -hmm. and it seems like the least attractive option. But so many women just put up with it and shut up. But, Mm -hmm. man, if we could just support each other in in calling it out when whenever we see it, Mm -hmm. we could probably move it, move that ball a lot faster. Yeah. And not criticize and and pick apart everything. And slut shame. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, That's we, bullshit. Need to, we need to celebrate each other and we need to support each other as much as we possibly can. And even if you don't agree, just don't say anything. Just, you know, just keep your opinion yeah. to yourself because it's, it's not doing anyone any good to, to, to put someone in that situation. It's already traumatic enough trying to come out and, and be open about what's happened. So, you know, we just need to just let these voices be heard and we need to call this behavior out as much as possible. I mean, that's right. Easier said than done, but I feel like in this industry where women and femmes are starting to dominate, we have an opportunity, you know, 
that is mm-hmm. probably never been done before. I don't think so. I mean, let's hope it goes, continues that way. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's not focused on cutting each other down. It's, there's enough room for everybody. Yes. There so is. I support you, Diana, and I appreciate all that you do. I appreciate you more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, right I think that wraps you. up enough. I think that wraps up enough. <laughs> that wraps up another wonderful episode of Blunt Talk. Thank you for listening. And until Thank next time, you. stay high and beautiful. Our first guest today is Ashley Manta. Ashley Manta likes to talk about sex a lot. It's not taboo for her, and neither is cannabis. In fact, this lovely buxom blonde has become a sought-after authority in, on mindfully combining sex and cannabis as part of her canisexual brand. As a professional sex educator, writer, coach, and facilitator, Ashley helps people navigate these topics to make sure they are interacting, loving, and feeling their best in and out of the bedroom. By creating a safe space for people to feel and be heard, Ashley works on softening the restrictive boundaries holding clients back from being their best selves and doing so in a way that makes people incredibly comfortable. So Ashley, what does it mean to be canisexual? Canisexual is a word that I created that refers to anyone who mindfully and deliberately combines sex and cannabis to deepen intimacy and enhance pleasure, whether solo or partnered. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what originally inspired you to combine cannabis and sex education? When I moved to California in 2013, it was the first time that I ever experienced medical cannabis. The, the novelty of walking into a dispensary and saying, I want to feel this and this, but I don't want to feel that or that. Mm-hmm. And having someone be like, oh, sure, here you go. Mm-hmm. I, it was totally a game changer for me. And in 2014, when I found Foria, which is a THC-infused coconut oil sex spray, right. I applied it to my vulva. I waited the prescribed amount of time, and I had amazing sex. And for the first time, I had sex without pain in many years because I'm a trauma survivor and I experienced pain with penetration. Mm -hmm. And so when I had that experience of like, Oh my gosh, pain-free sex. Wow. This is, this is a whole new experience for me. Then it started, you know, the gears started turning in my brain Mm -hmm. and I realized that there weren't a lot of sex educators talking about how to combine sex and cannabis in a really intentional way. And so I was like, Oh, maybe that could be my thing. And so it was. That's really awesome, and because there's so many there's so many reasons for uh for that to be a combination, I think you know I think there are just a lot of things people aren't considering, and I'm glad you're exploring it. so what are some of the things a person can expect from your workshops or your trainings or coachings? I'm sorry not trainings absolutely. The first thing that anyone can expect from my workshops and coaching is that it's inclusive. Mm-hmm. I use gender neutral language. I don't make assumptions about orientation. That's awesome. um, I talk about partners. I talk about people with penises and people with vulvas. Mm-hmm. And, and that is to make sure that no one ever feels like when I'm talking that I'm not talking to them. Mm-hmm. And they can also expect to have a lot of personal anecdotes. Um, I use a lot of humor in my workshops and coaching, not because I'm not serious about it, but because we treat sexuality as such a taboo that, mm-hmm. like, I want 
to start bringing more joy and enthusiasm to it. Yeah. And I try to model that using humor. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that they can really expect from me is permission, permission to be exactly where you are and that you don't have to have your sex life or your cannabis consumption look a specific way or, or do certain things. Like you can have it really be customized to who you are and what you're going for and like to try to empower people to, to really make their own rules and choose their own adventure with how they interact with sexuality and cannabis. Uh, as long as they're doing it on purpose. That's awesome. So how does cannabis enhance your body positivity? Cannabis has been really valuable in enhancing my relationship with my body. I have struggled with body confidence my entire life. Um, I've had an eating disorder. I've been 132 pounds and I've been 298 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I have both loved and hated my body at all of those points along the way. Mm -hmm. And so cannabis has been a tool for me in really helping to overcome limiting beliefs that I have about my body and my worthiness of love and belonging. That's amazing. Where I will act, thank you. I will actually use cannabis to kind of quiet the voices in my head that are Mm -hmm. telling me that I'm not whatever enough Mm -hmm. and I will sit in front of a mirror and I will actually do mirror work and I will like look into my own eyes and like be present with myself and I will look at my body and say either positive or neutral things about myself or I will offer gratitude for the ways in which my body carries me through the world that's really really improved my relationship (laughs) with my body in a pretty powerful way and you teach people how to do that yeah. as well, right? Like kind of connect with themse- themselves. I do. And <clears throat> that's really cool. I'm going to need some of that work. <laughs> but I definitely love what you're I doing. I am so happy <laughs> with you. Yeah. So what I have you... a workshop called Having an Affair with Yourself. And oh, that's yeah. like one of my favorite things to teach. Oh, I, it, that sounds amazing. Is that something that can be done remotely or is it somewhat like... Not yet. Um, my goal for 2018 is to get a bunch of my workshops online so that people are not constrained by time and space. Right. Um, so that they can still take my classes. That's yeah. That would on be the awesome. agenda. That's so cool. So what is your favorite aspect of working with cannabis? Honestly, my favorite thing besides the cannabis itself mm-hmm. and then how cool it is to learn about this new plant that has so many amazing healing properties are the people that I get to work with. Mm-hmm. They... The people in the cannabis industry are so motivated and so passionate and so interested in helping people. Like, they really want to change the world Mm -hmm. in a good way. And it's beautiful to be a part of that. And especially there are so many women-owned businesses in the cannabis space that, like, we have become a group of, you know, boss babes supporting each other and promoting each other's work and events. and, And it's really led to some some incredible friendships that I could not be more grateful for. That's so cool. So do you have anything specific to promote or any calls to action? I know you have a lot going on, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't have anything. Let's see. Oh, um, what I do have coming up uh, that unfortunately people can't be a direct part of, but they can keep in mind for next year is I'm one of the instructors for Monique Darling's Transformational Intensive for Extraordinary Facilitators, which is a seven-day intensive in New Orleans, and I will be down there teaching about including live demos Mm -hmm. in your workshop and how to do that intentionally and thoughtfully in a way that is um, 
useful to participants and and very respectful of everyone's boundaries, but also incredibly instructive. Wow, that sounds awesome. Thank you. I'm really excited about that. And that's teaching a couple workshops at colleges. So um, if you are at college and you want me to come speak, definitely reach out to me. I love talking, speaking at sex weeks and, and interacting with college students. And then I also do coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the big thing that I'm trying to push right now is yeah. um, to be more coaching clients. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be something that I'm super excited to share with folks. It's been such a joy to get to do more of, and I'm really seeing very tangible results with my current clients mm-hmm. and I just want to like do more of that. That's awesome. And people can find all that information on your website, which has so much information and I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was such a pleasure. Take care. Our next guest is Jesse Gill. Jesse Gill is a cannabis nurse and medical marijuana patient. Her site, MarijuanaMommy.com, educates about cannabis while challenging the stigma against marijuana use. She's been featured on Viceland, and her work has appeared on Good Housekeeping, Cosmopolitan, MSN, and more. So, Jesse, what inspired the creation of MarijuanaMommy.com? Oh, well, you know, MarijuanaMommy.com, it started actually as a health blog. I was a, a holistic nurse. And I was writing about health and kids' health and uh, family health. And um, I was in a pretty serious accident. I was also working as a hospice nurse. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the injury took me, ended my career. It um, took me out of the field completely. And I, you know, had a double, a multi-level spinal fusion. It didn't help. I'd gone wow. through a series of treatments. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, finally, I ended up trying medical marijuana, um, mm-hmm. but I was actually very, very resistant to trying it, and a lot of it was probably because of the stigma. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was also just a knowledge deficit. I had no idea. You know, I was a nurse, and I was a, a pain management specialist for end-of-life patients, so mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it's if this was really that miraculous, I would know about it, um, but I was completely wrong. So then after I became a patient, you know, I started writing more and more about it on my health blog, and it just kind of naturally transitioned over to Marijuana Mommy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And how did people close to you um, respond to your new career in the medical cannabis industry? Um, well, most of the close to me were pretty great. I am blessed with an awesome support system. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people witnessed firsthand my transformation because when I started medical marijuana, I was, oh gosh, I was, you know, massively depressed. I was, I was barely living. I was mm-hmm. taking opiates around the clock. I was taking Valium around the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking high doses of Lyrica and a whole bunch of other like serious medications heavy yeah. duty. And it wasn't even completely managing my pain right. my symptoms. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually witnessed it. And you know, when I started medical marijuana, it was that day that I stopped opiates and Valium. And then within six months, I had stopped almost all of the medications. I take like one low dose nerve medication. Wow. And um, yeah, so, so 
seeing that transformation. And I mean, I still suffer a great deal. And mm-hmm. I'm still very limited, mm-hmm. but I have something that's actually managing my symptoms. Yeah. So I think that that realization brought around a lot of my loved ones first mm-hmm. and they, you know, they kind of saw it and then it just, it made sense. Like yeah. I'm protected legally. I feel like I, I kind of am obliged to speak out. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad that you have that support system. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I'm very, I'm very fortunate. Yes. And how do you apply your medical background as an, as a hospice nurse to your daily cannabis advocacy? Um, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's very easily transitioned because I write about a lot of health issues and a lot of my audience is, um, Patients, a, a really a big portion of them, mm-hmm. or you know, are interested in becoming patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're there for that guidance. Um, but yeah, it pretty it, it translates pretty easily. I mean, I'm so familiar with medications and um, you know the replacements, and so it it comes in handy. It's all kind of, <laughs> yeah, very very handy. Do you have any advice for women with children who want to enter the cannabis industry? Oh yes. Uh, know your laws, your local laws. I mean, you know, custody is a big issue. It's, it's mm-hmm. always a concern of mine. I'm a divorced mom, mm-hmm. um, but it's still a big issue. And technically, I'm legally protected, but that doesn't, you know, um, right. there's still always that potential there that it, it can be used to create problems and mm-hmm. alienation. So I think that's something that's really, really important that a lot of parents and moms especially need to keep in mind if they do or when they do embark in this. Mm-hmm. And what is your favorite aspect of working in cannabis? Um, I think it's just the newness. It's so, it's such an open market. There's so many areas that, you know, for development, there's so much room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty exciting because there's always new development, especially like in a medical aspect. There's constantly new research being put out um, that shows, you know, different benefits and new new development. So I, I love that. I love the innovation in the industry. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything specific you'd like to promote or any calls to action? Uh, I have. Yeah, right now I'm giving away a Flight Lab vaporizer, which I love. It's the Flight Lab Lift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been having pretty regular giveaways. So, yeah, I and saw I'm, that. I have a few lined up. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. I love it. You know, so the bigger my audience gets, the more people are sending me stuff to give away. So, mm-hmm. so I plan, I have a few lined up, and I plan to just keep one running. But right now, it's the Lyft Vaporizer, and it's, I, it's a cool little, a little teeny tiny vaporizer. It looks like a, a mascara. A awesome. Container mascara. And are the instructions, the um, giveaway instructions, or are they on your website? Yes, there's a bar at the top, so you can just go in there and click it, and there's a button that takes you right to the form. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, gosh. Thank you, guys, and thank you for what you're doing. It's such an important message. Our final guest today is Stephanie Kearns. Stephanie Kearns is the Real Vape Ambassador and a Portland native. She's a cannabis activist and has been an Oregon medical marijuana patient for eight years. After 15 years of medication, 17 different prescription pills, surgeries and treatments that didn't work, 
She tried cannabis to combat chronic pain issues. She grew organic medicine, made extracts, tinctures, edibles, and other types of lubricants for Oregon medical marijuana patients. At Real, she started the Bud Tender Tested and Approved Program, the Bud Tender of the Month Program, and a Customer Voting Program. So, Stephanie, how did you get into the cannabis industry? Well, it's kind of an interesting answer. I didn't purposely get into it. Um, I got out of it into it out of necessity and desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised on the conservative side. I mm. went to Catholic school, K through 12. I was always told that drugs were bad. Right. So when I was diagnosed with severe autoimmune and chronic pain disorder, mm-hmm. I did the only logical thing and turned to Western medicine and um after several surgeries and kind of exhausting all of my possibilities, mm-hmm. the best thing Western medicine had was um, narcotics. Right. So at a really young age, I um, they prepared me to be on narcotics for the rest of my life. They mm-hmm. met with my family. We made all these plans. And 14 years into that plan, I was still very sick and in a lot of pain. And I was lucky enough to find a few friends that said, you know, why don't you try cannabis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I asked my doctor, his response is that it was pretty innocuous prescription for it anyway. Mm-hmm. And my career in cannabis just kind of evolved very quickly after that, kind of organically. Mm-hmm. Um, I got my medical marijuana card in the mail right around the same time. There was a this amazing forum online called Bud Book. Mm-hmm. It was a lot like Facebook, you had a profile picture and you had something about yourself, but it was strictly for, you know, finding clones or learning about cannabis. And I was able to meet a few people on there who hired me right after I got my card. And I was working on a farm and suddenly in a dispensary, one of the very first dispensaries in Portland. And I got into the industry because I was so sick And then here I was in a place where I could help other people and where being sick was a good thing. I didn't have Mm -hmm. to hide it anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of, that's kind of how it flowed. Awesome. I mean, not awesome that you had this, (laughs) not awesome that you have this pain issues and everything else. I understand that that's not awesome, but the fact that you're able to use it in a professional capacity is pretty awesome. So can you, I agree. Can you explain what a real vape ambassador does? Did I say that correctly? Real? Is it, is that how they pronounce it or is it real? A real vape brand ambassador. You said it perfectly. Okay. Yeah, I can um, explain what I do. Um, So I represent an amazing startup CO2 company called real. Mm -hmm. Um, We are a small company. And we are a team, so what that means is I do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I spend an entire day working on opening new accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, Other times I will connect directly with a customer who had a return at a dispensary, and I'll deliver swag and a smile. Mm -hmm. Um, I also do a little bit of product development um, because of my expertise of working in dispensaries for so long um, and bud tending and growing and edible making and all of that. Um, I'd help a little bit with product development. That sounds like I'm kind of known as a walking cannabis, cannabis encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. I go into dispensaries and I do um, training on our products, but then I also talk about terpenes and healing because of my background and, you know, 
my my journey. I like to share it with other people and connect with people. And then other stuff I do is social media. I get to plan really, really cool events. And anytime our company needs a spokesperson, spokesperson that's basically me. Wow. So it's kind of my job to make friends and connect with people, mm-hmm. which is really rad because I like doing that. Yeah. What is your favorite part of your work? My favorite part is um, kind of what I was getting at towards the end of my last question. It's it's basically connecting with people, mm-hmm. being able to um, use my hardship to help inspire other people and help other people. That's what gets me home at the end of the day talking to my husband about what a great day I had because um, connecting with people and being inspired surrounding this really miraculous plant that um, opens people's eyes and opportunities. That's basically my favorite part is being able to connect with people. So what advice do you have for women and femmes who want to work in cannabis? That is an excellent question. Um, So my advice is, Be fierce, strong, and knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I always say about this industry and every everything is integrity is all you have. Right. All you have is your word. It's a very small industry, so make sure that you're speaking from the heart and that you're being truthful. Um, And then my other advice would be to speak up if you or someone around you is being treated unfairly. Mm -hmm. Um, Know your worth and don't settle. There's no reason in this industry or in any industry to settle for a place where you're not being treated right and your skills aren't being utilized. The beauty of the cannabis industry is it's so brand new. Mm -hmm. So if there's something that you want to do and you don't see it, create it. Yeah. That's that's really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Be inspired and do, do what your heart tells you. I think that's the key to happiness. That's awesome. So how does cannabis affect your ability to work? I know you touched on that a little bit earlier, but. So that's another really excellent question. Um, I am a medical marijuana patient, and the irony is I can't work without marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, without cannabis, I'm I'm pretty sick. So yeah. it keeps me out of bed. It gets me up in the morning. It helps my nausea. It mm-hmm. helps my pain. So many different things. Um, And the irony is it wasn't until I started using cannabis that I was able to be a more, quote, unquote, functional member of society, Mm -hmm. meaning I'm able to work full time and pay, you know, more taxes and be a contributor. And the irony is is I wouldn't be able to do that without cannabis. Yeah, it helps you be your best person, right? Or your best version of yourself. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And I'm so glad to have found something without side effects that that does that. That's awesome. So do you have anything specific you would like to promote? I sure would. Um I would like to talk a little bit about our oil that we make. Mm-hmm. Um we make pure CO2 oil um with a lot of precision and we spend a lot of time um getting really fresh uh, products that we use. So mm-hmm. that's why it smells so good and tastes so good. And it helps me so much with um, pain and all of the things that I deal with. So it's very easy to um, to represent a company that makes such an amazing product. And the most interesting thing about it is the nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we are the only company that does nanotechnology. And basically, in a nutshell, what that means is we make the molecules the right size for your lungs to absorb it. So it's very efficient and also very consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, You're able to go, oh, I'm nauseous. I need this many hits. Or, oh, I have insomnia. I need this many hits. And it delivers the same thing every time. So really exciting to be able to promote something that's so effective, so cutting edge, um, and that makes it totally bioavailable to the body and efficient. Um, It's really awesome and exciting stuff. And I I recommend anyone who's interested in something that's discreet um, and really tasty and efficient and pure and clean with no additives to give real a try because we have a lot of heart as a company and we believe in what we do. Sounds like it. So thank you yeah. so much for talking to us today, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for talking to me. I hope that something I say inspires somebody else and we can just keep those positive ripples going. Ah, hopefully. Thank you. Thanks for listening to your highest podcast brought to you by Cannabis Women's Alliance and Good Vibes Marketing Agency. The Cannabis Women's Alliance was founded to bring community, guidance, and inspiration to women working in the cannabis industry. Good Vibes Marketing Agency is a digital marketing agency that creates organic content for organic solutions. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to inquire about sponsorship opportunities, you can email us at yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com.